Well, we almost had a quorum, and then we lost our our tabaxi. <laughs> As the technical nightmares continue tonight. <laughs> that new intro is pretty sweet. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's cool. not bad. Yeah, I, I I was originally gonna build like a unique intro for each of the games, but I was like, that's a lot of maintenance and a lot of work. So I just <laughs> built like a general intro, um, you know, because it's Sunday nights are my busiest nights because I run an eleven to two, then four to seven, and then a seven fifteen to a ten fifteen game. So Sunday's one of my more busy nights at this point. We'll give poor. Um, spot an opportunity to come back. I don't know what happened to him. He didn't say anything in chat. He just dropped. It was loud noises. You scared him. He's a cat. Well, <laughs> it makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Or somebody said a zucchini on the ground. You just have to turn around. And see if he said anything in Discord. Oh. Evidently, his PC's now giving him a problem, so he's going to try his phone. Lucky. Which is pretty, pretty I think funny. he's popping on here in a second, though. Yeah, we'll, we'll give it a few, see what <laughs> happens. It's probably going to be like a little postage stamp of his image. He's going to yeah. be like, like, oh, I'm on the moon! <laughs> Oh, don't do that to me, Puck. You freaked me out. <laughs> like, what? Is this session 27? Um, 27. I think right. so. Yeah, it is. Uh, well, depending on the technical gremlins, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> May the odds be ever in our favor. I know, right? Uh, my guess is that uh, Winter is asleep. Hey, the, the parents are here, though, so... Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will be uh, the least chaotic session ever. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean... <laughs> my, my chaos doesn't involve everybody it just involves me most of the time so like you guys would be okay <laughs> that's fair sort of kind of a wee bit fair Oh, there's the one those the, the four cam. Give uh looks like Eric's trying to get back in. <laughs> oh my god, it's so hysterical. Poor Tally. I do love the jungle noises. Yeah, that's she's it. back. Sorry. <laughs> what happened? Everything okay? Yeah, my dog is behaving very oddly. I thought something was wrong or something. <laughs> circling me and crying. But I heard the, I heard I was I was wondering whose dog that was. Oh shoot! Yeah. I, the one right. time Jason had a dog outside his door, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. I was like yipping outside the door. <laughs> She's in a weird mood. Uh, I'm just gonna. Where do you live? Up. What area do you live in again, Tally? 
K-Town? Well, you know, dogs get a little weird when they hear subsonic vibrations. So if you feel an earth tremor, thank your dog. <laughs> There's a very creepy video <laughs> that somebody posted about a dog in southern Turkey in Antioch. Spent mm-hmm. 20 minutes howling, just like howling at nothing. And then five minutes later was the earthquake. Okay. There's there's a general consensus that our animals can hear the buildup of the vibrations because of the the level that they can hear at versus the level that we can hear at. Jesus Christ. So, yeah, sometimes dogs are barometers, so keep an eye out. Um, well, if I randomly <laughs> transition to, like, under a table, please understand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you are a gnome, so. <laughs> it's in character, yes. <laughs> Anybody pick up any fun new stuff last time? I, I picked up some fun new stuff. Well, when you. Did, when we leveled up. What is. What is oh, for, for the level up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for the level up. I got fun new stuff. I, I got two more proficiencies, so I'm like, woo, yeah. You just oh, that's right, because you guys are level 10 now, right? I, yeah. 10 now, yeah. We just hit 10. So I've got, I mean, bards are just, we're the jack of all trades, right? So mm-hmm. we're proficient at being proficient. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, the jack of all trades is a pretty handy um, path to take. But uh, I'm also like kind of sticking with that uh, crowd control slash second heel kind of, kind of role. Mm-hmm. So. Honestly, it's been deceptively helpful throughout from uh, mm-hmm. seducing the marionettes <laughs> to very successful. That... Everything about that <laughs> was that actual seduction or just barely getting by? I don't know. Hey, that, it it that felt was... to me like it was more control. That was confidence and roles. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't call that seduction necessarily, but <laughs> it was confidence and roles. <laughs> She's going to kill right. me if we see her again. <laughs> well, I mean, considering the information that you guys have gotten so far, her and Mason and uh, Devon are, are, are on their way to the volcano. Or at least an area nearby, based on what you guys learned last time. How cartoonish is the idea of me just kind of pushing Devon into the volcano? I love it. Yeah, okay. okay. I don't think anything about D&D can be called cartoonish. I think that would be, like, inspiring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, knowing our luck, he would, like, turn into a lava monster. And you know, fight us. Dang it, still worth it. Though. I mean, it just depends on. I mean, it probably depends on where we sacrifice him. I'm sure, right? Let me write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Devon becomes lava monster. <laughs> Become an elemental creature of all things. I am manifesting his death. I am the secret to it. I am uh, putting it into the universe. Yes. <laughs> you, your soul is mine. Wait, no. 
this one is. No, this one. No, this one is. No. This Wait, one. Not, not you. Not you. Get out of the way. <laughs> so evidently he's going with plan three, which is his laptop. So his phone doesn't get audio. Um, he's updating his PC. Um, now he's got his laptop. I guess he's trying to get that to work. <laughs> Fucking cats. <laughs> Gremlin, man. I'm telling you, it's the, it's the Cheshire cat you have behind you now. Yeah. It's smiling back there. It's, you know. Well, I bought these other really cool things for this dragon statue I have, the dragon head. They're, yeah. um, they're these little LEDs that you could turn on and off, and uh, they come in four colors. And they fit right inside the cavity of, of the head. And I've been toying with the idea of, of, of permanently putting those in there. The problem is the battery power doesn't last very long. Because ah. they're designed to be used in lunar lamps. Like uh, mm -hmm. the, the little air lamps, the, 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 celebration, the, the moon lamps that they use. Paper lanterns. Yeah, the paper lanterns. Um, so they're very... Short-lived. They do have replaceable batteries, but I haven't decided if the battery cost is worth it yet. But I bought like a thousand of them. Whoa! Because that's just the volume they came in for like ten bucks. Oh, and okay. I, and, I'm, and I'm baffled that people have the ability to manufacture <laughs> anything in those numbers for for ten bucks. It just seems so weird to me. And each one, like when you pop them open, each one has like three little batteries in it. The LED lighting system, and I'm just the the apex of our manufacturing capability of, as a species continues to amaze me almost daily when I look at this stuff almost daily. But yeah, when you open it, you can see the three batteries, the little yeah. LED light. I mean, it's base. It almost kind of looks like an orthoscopic pill that they do now right where yeah. they put yeah. the little wireless camera in camera it with the lights and, and you swallow it and as you pass it through your system they it's supposed to be a much more evasive way than the the tube that they the scope, do through yeah. yeah the scope that they put it through very painful areas as they say mm -hmm. depending on the procedure uncomfortable, you're getting. To say yeah. The least, yeah. <laughs> very uncomfortable to say the most the most. <laughs> oh my god, I'm so excited for Last of Us tonight. They finally get Ooh, to Wyoming. Yeah. They finally get caught up to um Joel's brother. Have have How you... about the old bloaty suit? That was the coolest. Yeah, the bloat. Yeah, yeah. The big bad. That was like I remember that guy from the game. I thought that was so cool. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. uh Rachel gets eaten and beat up by the oh, child I haven't seen flicker. one episode, guys. Oh, you have? Oh, yeah. come on. Get on, the, get on the train, buddy. You didn't play the game? No. It's a dark uh, game. It's dark. I've, I've seen a playthrough of it, but I haven't played it myself. Uh, who do you watch for your playthroughs mostly, Zanith? Uh, I used to watch a lot of, like, uh, Jacksepticeye. Okay. Uh, and I watched some uh, Gab Smolders and a couple of other people, but I it has I've sort of fallen off a little bit. Yeah. If you like ever get a chance, if you ever get a chance, I think he'd be more. He's definitely my style of watching. Um, the Rad Brad, 
Oh yeah, I've watched him. Yeah, yeah he's, he's like very, very chill. Yeah, and he doesn't like he lets you actually watch the game without a lot of like verbal overload. And he doesn't put himself on the camera, which I really like. That's mm-hmm. he he it's just him playing without you having to know who he is. And he plays it as if you're playing it, you know, like as if we like to play it. He doesn't play it like a, like an ultra kind of hyperactive gamer style, if that makes sense, you know? Because mm-hmm. there's some guys and girls that they do the camera that's like really distract, distracting of them because they're doing their performance while playing the game. And it's just like, that's never been my style. I, I like to watch the game being played, but not necessarily, you know, care all that much about the narrator to a certain degree. I like the face cam because I like to see like a like a reaction to something really shocking or whatever. It's cool to see their facial expressions. Yeah, but sometimes <laughs> it does get overwhelming if they like talk over everything. Like one person I used to watch until he got super popular was Asmund Gold. Mm-hmm. Um, I swear he's a corpse. Like when you watch him play, I don't think he goes outside anymore. I, I think you, what's that Japanese style of existence where you never leave your apartment or you never leave your home. It's, it's got, and they're gamers and they, and it has a name. I just can't think of the name of it, but that's what it reminds oh, not me. Otaku? Huh? Not otakus. I, that Otaku might be is a general like nerd of everything. Yeah. Yeah. That might be the reference. Yeah. That could be the reference. Like what? Uh, depends. Like you could be an otaku of anything, but yeah, like right. a game otaku would just be seized on a game. Yeah, yeah. There's a great show, like an old Japanese TV show about an otaku called Train Man. I think is the name of it. It's just so out there, but uh, yeah, if you ever get a chance. I'll say this much: if you ever, if you're ever into zombie flicks or zombie, like general zombie shows, Train to Busan is really good. If you've ever that one, yeah. Probably one of the best ones I've ever seen. There he is. Yeah, I have no fucking clue what's going on with my main computer. <laughs> so I'm on my laptop, which, yeah, I'm kind of stuck on my couch. Give me a couple minutes to find my, uh, to get a, a picture up. And well, You gonna... have exactly two and a half minutes of time. And that is all I mean, it would, be, it would be the cat man's excuse to want to sit on the couch. <laughs> so true. I punched on the arm. What do you want? <laughs> it's my couch. My couch. Hey, I heard. I heard there's a Leonin around here. You know, we might recruit him for our team. <laughs> well, I think since we're getting started a half hour late, we'll skip break today because we'll still have okay. to wrap up at seven because I have another game at seven fifteen. Mm-hmm. So I don't really have enough time to absorb the lateness night or we push until next week it's up to you guys uh either one we're already well but we're we're a half an hour in and i don't normally like to do that i haven't heard back from winter and i'm a huge fan of making sure people are in comfortable spaces when they game and i don't feel that way for spot right now so I could keep everybody's tickets, move them to next week. I'll try to reach out to Winter, see what happened. Earthen, you could work on your computer. Spot can get his computer back up and running. I'm perfectly fine with us just starting again next week. It's I, I'd rather start on time than be a half hour into the because I've got no choice but to stop right at seven. 
And that makes me feel a little uncomfortable about stopping a half hour early of our normal play time. Does that make sense? Mm. I, can, uh, I can go either way. Um, I, I don't have a preference, really. Like, I'm okay to play, but yeah, this has been kind of stupid frustrating. <laughs> I, <laughs> Once again, that's why having your safe, reliable gaming environment is very important to me because I don't want people to play frustrated. So what, are the what do backup. you guys think? Do we start a half hour late, finish a half hour early? Do we want to just move it to next Sunday? It's your guys' try. I mean, we're almost 30 sessions into our game. Nothing's going to change. So, mm-hmm. But I, I do want the quality of our gaming experience to be what we expect it to be. He's just going to take this time to go right up that Devon Lava Monster. That's all I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's easy. I got AI to build that. That, that could be built in like less than two minutes. <laughs> So what's everybody's thoughts? I'm down for whatever. Zenith, I think we're all down thoughts. for whatever. Yeah, I think it's kind of it. Uh, whatever anybody wants to do. I'm, I'm fine. With, I mean, we're already here, so I'm fine with going ahead. But if, you know. The oh, Sunflower is uh, on uh, her phone on uh, Discord now. Oh, yeah. Let's see if she... Gives us some. So, uh, as long as we're okay with skipping break and stopping uh, right at, uh, uh, I mean, we'll get two and a half hours of game in if everyone's okay with that. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cool. All right. As always, I I want to make sure. Yeah, I just want to make sure that everybody's comfortable and ready to play. Let's see if Winter gives us a heads up. Tally's dog might not be comfortable with it, though. (laughs) Oh. You're muted. And you know she's got a great monologue and she's muted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll bring my dog over. She'll be part of this. Maybe that's what. <laughs> she's going to go grab her dog. That's awesome. And Zanith disappeared. Uh, it's all the gremlins. Oh. Oh. All the gremlins. We're all bringing in our floofs for relief. My two floofs are in their bed. They're not quite as floofy as your floofs, though. <laughs> <laughs> She's a weird floofster. <sighs> mm-hmm. It's amazing how much our animals really do take on us, like our personalities. <laughs> so what happened to your PC, Spot? Did it just go through a major update or something? Alright. I don't think he even heard me. What's up? Did you ever watch Space Force? I didn't catch that. I, I couldn't hear the the uh, the question there. Oh, what happened to your PC? Uh, Was it doing an update or? Well, I don't know because um, I'm actually on my laptop. Um, I've, I've got my PC in the background installing updates because it was weird. It was getting to a point where it was working fine and would just completely crash. 
So I did just uh, fuck around with the memory on that. So it might be there's a, a dim in there that it doesn't like. And I don't particularly want to diagnose that tonight. <laughs> but yeah, we'll figure it out. But I'm going to, uh, I got my laptop set up on my desk. Uh, I may need to go fish out a spare charging cable in a little bit and bring that over. But, you know, for right now, I think we're all right. No worries. So, let's go ahead and recap where we last left off. Mm-hmm. The team, after rescuing uh, Sawtooth's daughter and then escaping the Black Hand, um, were guided back to a point where Sawtooth had sent off his scouts to try to gather more information in regards to where the Black Hand had gone as well as to scout out and make sure that those that work with the Black Hand, um, uh, uh, the individual known as Vassarik. Um, however, this gave Tima an opportunity to um, possibly recover a bit from the encounter that they had with the group. And here... I know. <laughs> and the team came across, well, Sawtooth had come across a, a kind of secret ravine that held an entrance to what was called the Lineage Cavern. And this is the documented lineage of the Sawtooth clan, as well as the other uh, lizard folks that have been here based on the information you learned almost a millennia since the time of Calamity. And here we begin to learn about a place called the Obsidian Gate, the ceremony to reestablish the Obsidian Gate, and how a generation goes by, and with each generation, a new priestess or priest is given the ability to conduct the ceremony and uh, place the great rune stone within the gate, sealing it for another hundred years, until yet another person with this power comes along to seal it again. We also learned that Sawtooth himself may well be half a millennia old, as he has seen many moons of Rudeus over his lifetime. We also learned that Sawtooth's betrothed um, had resided at a separate village, uh, the Clan of Wind, And it turned out that this village was specifically responsible for the curation of the egg chamber. This has been pilfered by Vassarik. And where we last left off, after learning the story of the people in the lineage cavern, we had taken a long rest, I believe. But right before Mm -hmm. that long rest, Xanath had scried on the description of uh, uh, Sawtooth's betrothed based on the fact that he had a necklace of hers and found out that there is a entrance on the other side of the volcano that leads down into a series of caverns. And here, a very large dragon guarding an egg cavern, as well as the, um, oh, there's winter. There she is. We're guessing you, uh, we're guessing you fell asleep. No, I actually picked up a ship and I didn't anticipate that we had a drill and my phone died. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, uh, I got all the way here and I'm like, you know what? Better late than never. 
<laughs> well, don't forget your ticket when you get a chance. I purchased it. Okay, cool. You're good. I'll uh, I'll let the bookkeepers do the bookkeeping. I'm I'm all happy. Well, I was just doing the recap because we were having technical difficulties. Uh, Earthen's computer died. Spot's computer died. Um, Tally's dog was trying to warn the world of upcoming apocalypse. And then you jumped in. So we were just <laughs> doing the recap about the discovery of the lineage cavern. Uh, Vassarisk's plan seems to have something to do with the eggs that were taken from the Clan of the Wind where Satu's betrothed exists. And after, just before taking a long rest, Xanath had scried on the opposite side of the volcano and had discovered the pit mine, the axis point deep into the chambers of the volcano, as well as the, the dragon that was guarding the now pilfered egg chamber. And that, I believe, is where we last left off. You guys are outside the lineage the cavern. Oh, actually, I think, did you do it inside the hut? Is that where you did it, Xanath? I think you did it in the hut, right? No, it was mm -hmm. so it was after the long rest. It was in the it. morning. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So it is now morning of, good Lord, what day are we on? Uh, day three. We're only on the morning of day three. How'd that happen? Since we left the, well, this is day three, like since we got to the underdwell, right? Correct. Morning of day yeah. three. Or to the island, rather. Yeah. Since we're arriving at the five. underdwell or the island? Because you're on day five of arriving on the island, aren't we? Yeah, day five of the island, day three at the underdwell. Yeah. Gotcha. Earth. Yeah. All right. I put that reminder note in for me it's because I was tracking the days. So it is morning. It's the usual kind of gloomy green haze that makes up a tropical forest and a tropical underdwell uh, jungle. Um, Sawtooth and his daughter are kind of climbing out of the canopy of the tree as you all kind of come out of your hut. And after the scry effect, it's morning. What do you guys want to do? Um. So... We talked about trying to get to the, the wife, and we talked about trying to keep the eggs safe, and we talked about trying to get Vassarik. Right? I don't think we... Did we make a solid decision which direction we're going to go with that? No. So, I don't... We didn't have a chance to talk after the scry, but I'll relate you... Uh, I'm bleeding out of my face. I will relate you guys what I saw. That <laughs> um, it seems like the eggs and... Uh, uh, Nalith are being kept in the same place in the pit, pit mines on the northwest side of the island. Huh. Hmm. I can cast um, find animal of plant or plants if you remember any specific animal or plants. What's the what is the range on like find animal or plants? Um, uh, five miles, and I guess if you mentioned a dragon, yeah, then I can, dragon. I can technically do primeval awareness within six miles now. Uh, that's we leveled, Ooh. but 
Um, after yeah. seeing you bleed from your face, I'm a little afraid of doing that. Yeah. Uh, something on the island, maybe the thing in the center of the island, I think, I don't know if it was attacking me or it was just like probing my brain, but I don't think I want to do that again. Having my brain up, my being outside of my body was really dangerous. I don't know if it would be the same primeval awareness. Your uh, helm didn't protect you? No. No earthen. (laughs) (laughs) She's like wiping the blood off her cheeks. No earthen. No, it didn't. (laughs) I mean, there was this like great villain in lore that wore this like magenta and purple helmet that helped protect him from things like that. My arm doesn't work like that. Okay? Uh, somewhere <laughs> deep in the volcano is an old bald man <laughs> in a wheelchair. <laughs> I will have you, my pretties. I will have you all. Do you have a sense so, of what might have been the thing to hurt you? If I had to guess, it was so it was so powerful. If I had to guess, I would say it's the thing. It's it's the thing at the center of the island. Oh God. Oh. But it shouldn't be able to attack, right? It shouldn't. It shouldn't be able to reach out to us. It shouldn't be. Well, your god reaches out to you, right? Yeah, but this is a betrayer god. It's sealed away. It's supposed to be sealed away. Still a god. I mean, are they all powerful, or are they helmets? It seems like. According to the lizard folk, maybe at least as long as we've been here, whatever has been holding him in bay has been weaker and he's been more easily able to communicate or hurt people who, I guess, are unprotected or near him mentally. I've felt similar things when I've tried primeval awareness before mm-hmm. with both the uh, turtle dragon who threatened to kill me that way and with him at certain points. So it's Wouldn't seems- that maybe be a good thing to bring the turtle dragon here? The thing that I spoke to in the volcano was very interested in the fact that I've spoken to the turtle dragon in the kind of way that makes me uncomfortable uh, in maybe bringing them too close to each other. But maybe it's worthwhile asking him eventually. I mean, he wasn't super nice to me, but maybe somebody else wants to put themselves in danger this time. Isn't that what we do? (laughs) It's what you do. I'm small. I'm trying to get away from (laughs) danger. Collective we, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so you said a dragon. Do you know what color the dragon was? Did I see what Did you get a feel for that? It mostly felt like it was in shadow. It was hard to know. All right, I couldn't tell it was too dark. Was there any plants or any other type of being around there that maybe I could try and put a spell on without risking myself as much? I mean, I saw, I saw there were people down there in in ropes or in chains. There was the dragon and the the clutch of eggs, and then I 
my vision kept moving through to sort of a prison with cells in the ground. And I saw Nalith and I saw a, a collection of other people, um, a halfling, a gnome, and an orc. Oh. Maybe we should take this information to Sawtooth. Yeah. So to, to Kargoth. I mean, at least he would be glad to know his his yeah, mate his still alive. Yeah. Do they already climb away, or can we bring him back down? Uh, I'd say they were in the process of coming down just as you okay. finished up the scry. They're kind of off to the side, watching you guys have your private conversation at this point. Um, Cargoth. The lizard folk kind of picks himself up, walks over, his daughter in tow. Yes. Uh, I did not wish to disturb you. I could see that you are busy. Uh, I thank you. Um, as well, your secret is safe with us. Um, you know, please don't don't feel alarmed. But we also have some information we'd like to share with you. Um, I'll leave it to the one who found the information. Um, I scribed looking for your wife, and she's alive. She's alive. I found her, but she's imprisoned. She's on the northwest side of the island in pit mines in a cell with a collection of others. I see. What all did you see down there? I saw, and I'll relay to him what I saw, that sort right. of people in chains. Takes you a, yeah, it takes you a yeah. few minutes to kind of relay all that information. Yeah. That is very bold of Vasilisk <laughs> to do that. Um, I am, but the eggs were not destroyed. They looked intact. They did. They looked intact. It looked like they were being guarded. <laughs> um, for what he would do great harm to us to destroy these eggs. I'm not entirely sure what he has planned for them. I think there's a possibility we could retrieve them and retrieve her, but it is it is packed with people down there. It would be difficult to get in and out unnoticed. People in servitude, though. Yeah. And a dragon. Yeah, dragons. Overestimated, overemployed dragons. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you feel that way. He watches his daughter, kind of. You say that you think uh, my mother lives, then? Yes, I've, I've seen her. She was alive a few minutes ago at the time that I scried. I wonder what Vassarisk is doing down there. There is no way into the chamber outside of the gate. Perhaps they seek something entirely unique. Father, I say we travel back to the Thorn Top, gather our people. I say we help these people who have helped me. We go to the mine pit, free mother, 
discover what they have been looking for because I know it's only but a few days until the ceremony. I feel that both of these things are connected. Perhaps they are doing something designed to weaken the ceremony, to cause chaos within the ceremony. Would that put the gate in danger if there's no one left to guard? If you do not know the ceremonial rites of entrance, we're not even sure if there's a physical way to bypass the purpose of the gate. We guard its secret, and we guard its legends and lore that make up its purpose. But no one without the ceremonial understandings would have the ability to enter the Obsidian Gate. And you're certain Vasric has no knowledge of this? Up until a month ago, I was certain of many things. Now I'm quite certain of fewer things. I don't know that I think it's safe, Scalari, for us to bring you to the Mayans. It seems like you're a crucial piece of this. I admit my purpose puts me at odds with the intent of this, but what if, what if they've discovered something that they plan on using to disrupt the ceremony in three days? Is there not value in disrupting that? Is there not value in freeing our clutch and getting my mother back and discovering what they're trying to find? That is still our goal, Scalari. We. But is it a goal you can achieve on your own? If we were to try and stop Basarik first, are you. What confidence do you have that the other lizard folk might rally to you, to, to, to your father? If we could cut off the head. Of the Black Hand. They will seek guidance and leadership, whoever shows strength. I think the survivors would rally to my father for certain. Maybe. Can we lay a trap? Can we lay a trap for Vasarik? How do we trap Vasarik? He is clever and quite powerful. But his ultimate goal is to unite the tribes and open this gate. I think his ultimate goal is to subjugate the tribes and use his own corrupted intent at opening the gate and permanently leaving it open, I suspect. What if somehow the Sawtooth were to become corrupted by some foreign influence to the group and have changed their mind and be willing to parlay with the Black Hand? Is that something Vasarik would attend in person? Uh, He would be threatened by the power that subjugated Sawtooth's clan that he was unable to subjugate 
Like I said, he's clever. He would expect plans and assaults on his power in many different directions. Even now, but we must he assume not, he is gathering to assault our village. But was he not approached by someone, some foreign influence himself in the Coppermakers Guild uh, yes, that, that apparently changed his his impression of the lizard folk situation on this island. How do we create this trap? What form would it take? We know we know maybe we know people who he would have associated with uh, above ground. Um, if he's had spies in the city he would also know some of our members have been noticed in those areas as well. I believe Winter was in the nearby the Coppermakers Guild area. She's been through there. We all had a run-in with Mason himself. We know there were two lizard folk uh, who were even at the Coral Finger when we stayed in the city there. Um, We have some connection to this theoretical corrupting influence that, at least on the surface, perhaps we could lure him into a small area away from the, ma- the main army where we could take him on. Hmm. Perhaps. I'm not comfortable leaving him out here while we all travel around the mountain and try and, and work on this on the other hand. If, the, if he has stumbled, he mentioned sacrificing you would free the god, would free the thing, their master. He was ready to sacrifice you to free their master. So if we don't head this off, I, I fear that leaving and going around, should anything happen to you on the other side of the volcano, we would be worse than uh, if we don't try to meet this first foe head on. Uh, give me a persuasion check. As you make your bardic speech. Ah. Ooh, not bad. That's a 28. 28. Dang. I love that as a bard. Oh, 28, that's not bad. That's a 28. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I rolled a 16, and then I have a plus 10 to persuasion now, so. Right, right. (laughs) And then I got my my extra half of proficiency bonus on everything, so. I fear that they are correct, Doctor. I will take my daughter back to Thorntop. We will make our normal preparations for the ceremony. We will continue as we would expect to continue. You do what you must to preserve this ceremony. If you feel pursuing, entering this place, freeing my betrothed, and doing what you can to save the clutch. 
I leave that to be your choice. My choice is to protect my daughter and prepare her for the ceremony. See, folks, this is what happens when a two and a half years of updates are ignored. <laughs> how dare you? Because, like, look how like better his camera is. Like, look at his camera. Like, <laughs> it, it looks great. It's like there's no lag. It, it's like uh, we have successfully made 182 updates. No, you are now up to date. <laughs> none of that. Literally none of that. Um, I have no idea why. I, I'm not going to tell this. You're echoing now. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> the booming voice of God there. <laughs> Probably because of his, uh, his audio setup. Because I can hear myself talk. Yeah. Here go. Sorry, I had the... I had my laptop on my desk, but no, it's none of that, just in case this didn't work. Because what had been going on is I'd log into StreamYard and then it would like immediately freeze my system and crash. So I had no updates, nothing really, just some optional security crap. And I moved my webcam from a USB 2 slot to a USB 3 and it works fine. So I got nothing. Yeah, you probably you probably have a bad USB port. Yeah, I mean it's on a it's on a PCI card, so who knows? Mm. Whatever, I'll, I'll <laughs> do that later. Not PCI Express, PCI. So, so Spot, you want to take another go at that uh, big black lizard bastard? Sure. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, cat. <laughs> I need to uh, pretend that I was having like. Horrible, horrible seizures for like the last 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they have a catnip, man. God. Give me your bag. Where's your like, bag? Open your like bag. Let's see all the catnip. Come on, dump it out. It was channeling like the vision of a god through through his through his physical form. Korgoth just kind of looks at the five of you and then looks at his daughter. His daughter doesn't seem convinced, but she doesn't really put up much of a fight. As we- We'll stop him first, and we'll come back, and we'll go to the other side of the mountain. So, Vassar can't be far away. Perhaps I have no sense of or ability to track him. I've used my scouts, two of which came in and reported to me that they sighted him somewhere north of here some two hours ago. He is using the great river, the river of the Umgal, to follow its way towards Thorntop Village, where we reside, near the border of the volcano. We know he's at least going in that direction. You want to you message uh, Vasilis? Yeah. Can we message faster? What do you want to say? Certainly try. There's no reason. Um, I mean, we've seen him. I, there's no reason we wouldn't be able to. If we wanted think. to set a trap for him, if we wanted to lure him into a trap, right? I think we need to send the message. Hey, are you still interested in the Sawtooth clan? Maybe not that message, but... Um, yeah. 
at least it could be enough to hold him in whatever he's doing, or maybe change his course. I mean, if he's if he's traveling upriver away, right? If we're if we send him a message, if he is willing to receive the message, uh, that could be enough to to pause his journey at least, right? So, so maybe just to recap what we think is going on right now, we think Vazric is heading back towards Thorntop to attack the Sawtooth clan. We have like the mother and the eggs on the northwest side of the island, and then we have Mason and team on heading in a different direction, right? They're definitely heading towards the volcano, the volcano, but not necessarily in the direction of the pit mine. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it feels like we want to. And how how far do we know how far it would be to the northwest side of the island to those pit mines? Probably in this jungle environment. Probably a solid day to get there. Okay. But Vazarek is traveling with an army, presumably. That's what parlay is for. So we figure out where he is, lure him into a location to talk to him, and then kill him? Maybe we lure him to a trap at Bone Top. Is there a priority to get the clutch before something might happen to it? Or is our priority to engage with him and possibly kill him for the sake of stopping whatever he represents, especially because we don't know how many others like him, I guess. Aren't aren't these all pieces of the same puzzle? but just it's which, just which one? Sensitive. Yeah. Which is well, the most pressing? We can get to some first, you know. I think I'm personally most concerned with the mom and the eggs, just because they seem to be in immediate danger, and that guy seemed to be moving away from us. But maybe it makes more sense to just kind of head-on deal with him, I guess if we kill him, and it's a big if considering how we were barely able to escape last time, what is the next step from there? Last time it was him and like a ton of other lizard folk. This time we're trying to control the numbers, control the fight. Why don't I cast sending to Nalith and see if she has any more information for us? about like who's holding her or what the time sensitivity might be. That sounds like a, a great idea. Yes. Korgoth, if, if we were to send a message, if we were to send a message to your wife, to your mate, um, how could, what, what is something we could send that would immediately invoke her trust in the message? She, you could mention to her the day the ceremony is to happen. Only myself and my daughter would know this information as well as her. 
Our people would not know this information. Vasarisk does not truly know this information. He is making assumptions. I believe this is why he is moving quickly towards the thorn top. All right. Why don't I, um, why don't I send a message to Nala? Uh, it says, um, Nalith, we see you. Ceremony in three days. Who is holding you? How can we help you escape? With the clutch. With the clutch. And I'll say, I, th I think I have words to say, you know, Korgoth and Scalari are looking for you. There's a slight pause. One or two minutes goes by. Then you hear in your mind, I'm not sure who this is, but you are correct. I am being held by strangers that I do not familiar with. Clutch is captured. An ancient creature guards them. Dwarves and gnomes guard our prison cells. They dig deeply for and then that last word is the final word in the countdown. Thanks. <laughs> um, okay, all right. I will uh, do sending again. Um, wait, wait. Yeah. It has to be the Cinder Crest King. They had the dwarves, the ancient dwarven fortress. They have to be trying to find that fortress. I thought there were no dwarves on the island anymore. Oh, isn't that what Korgoth told us? I think it is. I don't know. I mean, if she says there are dwarves there, then maybe he either lied or he doesn't know everything. There were dwarves on our boat. That's true. Do you imagine? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was reiterating. Please continue. <laughs> uh, I'll just, I'll, I think Korgoth's standing right there. Like she, she says she's being held by strangers. She says they're, she's being guarded by dwarves and gnomes who are digging for something. I don't understand why anyone would take the eggs other than Vazarek. If Vazarek is in league with these people that have taken, is it possible they both seek something for different purpose. Is it possible that those that dig on the opposite side of the mountain have taken control of the Wind Clan while Vassarith pursues his original intent? Mm -hmm. Maybe there are more than one forces at play here. If there are dwarves, and if they have found an ancient ruin, 
I think it's got to be connected or linked with our secret that we keep and what we protect. You watch as three very slight and slender sawtooth clan lizard folk. Like you didn't even hear them. They just appeared out of the edge of the of the undergrowth of the jungle. They walk over, there's an exchange of lizard folk conversation. And he tell he seems to tell them to do something and they kind of disappear back into the jungle. It appear that Vasarisk has shifted his pace. He now floats on the river Umgom with about 20 ships or river boats, as your people would call them. He seems to have gathered all of those that he has subjugated and is now less than an hour away from the thorn top. Well, good. He's How on a boat. We? we can we can handle that. We can handle that amount of people. We we can can't we? fight the whole flotilla, but we can we can attack the one boat. You speak of timing with such certainty. The river from here is an hour's journey in the undergrowth, unless you have some kind of miracle that can get us there faster. I have long strider. I am unfamiliar. What is this? And I can fly. On the third level, um, I can touch a creature and increase its speed by uh, 10 feet. And then I can do it for, um, I can do it for three people or for three creatures. How long does it last? Touch one hour. So, assume we can travel swifter than the rivers. If we can get to a crossing point before they approach the thorn top, we ambush them, or we only target Vassarisk? <laughs> we only target Vassarisk. What, what can they do from the other boats? If we target Vasquez, we we concentrate all of our force on on the one boat with Vasquez. They see you, Sawtooth. They see you leading the clans on the fight against him. So when when we are successful, who will they rally to? Give me another persuasion check. He's a little dubious of these plans. Lots of lots of detail, but not a lot of. Certainty. <laughs> oh, even better roll than last time? That's a, a 30. That's a 28. That's a 28 plus 2, so that's a 30. Or an 18 plus 10 plus 2, so. Well. We are gods, Masaryk. No, we're gods, we're gods. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, how about assassinating him? Does it have to be a straight-on confrontation? We do have an assassin in our payroll currently. Maybe just getting him out of the picture is enough for now. What? Wait. Oh, hey. Are you speaking if about we... the Ellen Grill? Winter 
she the one that you think? She'd be the better choice for an assassination, but I was thinking about the cats. Oh, I would imagine he is good at stealing things. How, if we could banish him from the boat, would he reappear on the boat or reappear in the space he was? It's always the space that you are in when you are banished. So if the boat continues on, he wouldn't reappear on the boat, right? No, he, I do not believe he would, no. <laughs> An alternative approach would be just to notify the Sawtooth clan that he's approaching, have them clear out of the village, and we run northwest to the volcano. Because if, like, if maybe we kill this guy and maybe everyone else flees in all of his boats, or maybe we kill this guy and they continue to rampage the village because there are like a hundred of them and they believe that they need to follow this dark god. Well, they're following, they're following Vasarik. They're not following the dark god. Do you think they are just following him or do you think they're convinced of the, the quest at this point? I mean, we watched them all, like, cheering, right, as he was about to sacrifice Galari. I think there are many influences here. I have already set my scouts to warn Thorntop that the approach is near. I do like the idea of confronting Vassarus directly, isolate him. Maybe destroying him weakens their position and therefore gives us more of an opportunity. But with so many boats, so many that are under either his influence or the influence of those that seek to maintain the influence of those that seek to undo the obsidian gate, I I fear we lop off one head of a hydra and two reappear. But... It might be worth testing to see if this is true. There is a junction in the river. If we can get to it before their boats get to it, we could set up a planned ambush for Vasarisk and sever the head from the snake, as, as we like to say. The reaction should be immediate by those that serve either him directly or serve the notion of the influence of this place. Either way, the distance between the spot I believe we can ambush them and the journey to Thorntop is less than 15 minutes at that point. So we only get one shot at this. You can... You gotta go now. You changed into a into a flying dinosaur thing last night. Yes, I Is did. Is that uh, capable of carrying someone? I someone? can carry up to two individuals when I'm in that form. I can fly. If you can carry two, how many in your tribe can do that? Oh. It is inherent to my lineage it is part of so, the pact that I made with Melora so with two 
and I activate my ring, flying there must be certainly faster than trying to traverse this jungle, and it saves us from uh, having to burn up uh, our powers before we have this fight. We don't know what we're going to need in this fight ahead. That would be a true statement. Plus, my daughter has some skills with the natural arts. Well, when we get there, how will we know which boat Vassarik would be on? We would have to guess, I'm sure. Well, if they are traveling on river boats, they would be open for visual identification for certain. I would imagine someone like Vassarisk is either leading from the front or leading from the middle. He is not the type to lead from behind. He is much more aggressive than that. Perhaps... He also... Perhaps... While the rest of us make our way there... One of you could attempt to go further up the river and try to ascertain which boat he's on. Give us guidance in preparation for the ambush. <laughs> but I leave that up to you to decide. I can do that by riding on punch. Hmm. Easier than carrying him in the sky, probably. Then you and your companion go and find Vassarisk. I will change my form, take my daughter and one other to the ambush point. How would the rest of you get there? I got a fancy ring. I'll, I'll follow you in the air. What about the others? Xanath, Spot, Winter. Um, I have a, a move speed of 30 feet per round, so I'm not super fast. <laughs> and that I don't have anything seems to be the problem, faster. yes. Yeah. <laughs> so so you want to ride the, well, the lizard? I would love to have a ride if other people have ways to move fast. I don't know quite what the uh, his speed is, uh, our, our great form guy. I can move at 45, so I, I'm pretty speedy, but I imagine he's probably pretty, uh, a lot higher than that. We're in the I mean, jungle. We can flying, fly above it. Yeah, flying above it versus going through it, he definitely would be moving faster than you. Plus, you have to contain, or you have to contend with all the strange creatures that might be lurking about in between here and there. Mm -hmm. So, remember what happened the last time you went wandering in the jungle by yourself? No. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe uh, Huck can cast Longstrider on Spot and Winter. Um, I can do that. I guess not too. Korgoth said his tribe can can do this, right? Not just Korgoth himself. No, he's saying specific to him. Oh, just him. Okay, sorry. Yeah. He said his lineage. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But he can carry. He can carry his daughter and one other. Yeah. 
So if, if Puck and Lunch, or Puck and Punch, are heading... Punch will definitely have some terrain advantages because of his natural environment being the undergrowth of the jungle. Um, Korgoth can take Xanath. That just leaves Spot and Winter. If Puck casts Longstrider on Spot and Winter, they could move very swiftly to keep pace, but anybody flying would definitely make it there first. Um, I also have lunch. Who can maybe carry one person ish? Probably <laughs> not scared. If he carries anyone, it's probably going to be Puck. Because mm. he's not quite that large yet. He hasn't quite gotten to that maturity yet. Oh, then he'll just be there for moral support. <laughs> or a moral support. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I can do a long sweater on two people. Are there do, uh, are there no other kind of beings in the area that can fly? Is it? We have what we have, unfortunately. Because uh, the other dude had a giant lizard. It was pretty cool. Well, most bad guys look pretty cool on giant lizards. <laughs> <laughs> I picked the wrong side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you watch as Korgoth shifts. And as he shifts back into the pterodactyl creature, you oh, watch yeah. as his daughter crawls up onto his back and rides up on his shoulder blades. You watch as his claw extends out to grab onto Xanath and kind of grabs her in such a way that she can hold on and put her foot like into the talon and hold on to his leg, and he immediately lifts off the ground. You watch as Earth in, invokes his ring, just as you cast Long Stride on Spot and Winter. Puck, you and Punch then sprint off in the direction of the Umgan in hopes of getting further upstream to try to figure out what's going on. So with that, um, Puck, give me a stealth check as you and uh, uh, Punch disappear into the undergrowth. Spot in winter, you can now move twice your speed. Um, and so you can move quickly, um, kind of jumping through, avoiding difficult terrain. But you can also see that those flying above you through the parts and the broken up portions of the canopy are moving at a pretty faster clip, but not enough that you can't keep them in sight. So you can see the direction that they're going. What'd you get, Puck? Uh, 14. Okay. So, Puck, as you feel Punch pull you into the undergrowth, you can hear the sounds of those going up north in the direction of Sawtooth and the river crossing that Korgoth has promised. You go the opposite way. You're ducking underneath canopies, brambles, and undergrowth that's thick in some spots and better at others. Um, give me a survival check as you begin this journey. Uh, 16. 16. 
You find enough of a clearing in the undergrowth to pursue a direction that you feel is correct. Every now and then stopping, trying to ascertain different river-dwelling creatures that might come out of the river and up into the undergrowth as possible trails that you can follow. And you find, after about 20 minutes of traveling at this exhaustive pace with Punch, where Punch is just flat out running as fast as he can through the undergrowth, you can smell water. You can smell kind of like that that frosty smell of damp in the air that's mixed with humidity. And now you can hear um, rapids as well. You can even hear the sounds of lizard folk speaking with one another. And it's at that point that Punch breaches you out of the undergrowth and the two of you sit there staring at a flotilla of about 35 riverboats that are moving quite swiftly downriver. They're maybe upstream about a thousand feet or so, but the distance is closing. You begin to stare at the different river boats and trying to find which one contains Vassarus. Go ahead and give me perception. With advantage, because I'll say you're hiding in a somewhat elevated part of the river at this point. Uh, 19. Okay. Nice. The 12th boat seems to be the largest of the river boats. Each of the river boats seem to contend anywhere from 10 to 15 warriors. But the 12th boat is double the size of the others. You'd see a retinue of about 50 warriors. And what really catches you off guard is that shackled in large chains at the back of the larger river boat is a Triceratops. And you could see that on its back is a mounted platform for people to ride on its back. And then the large uh, size of Vassarisk is kind of meandering around. You could see, because he's a foot taller than the others, and you can hear him motivating the other lizard folk. There are at least eight different banners, kind of like pennants on each of the different groupings of the riverboats. All those that he seems to have control over are here. They're all part of this flotilla. As you continue to count and observe and count and observe, there's well over 250 warriors within this flotilla. And Vassarisk seems to be on the large boat, which is the 12th one in the order of the flotilla. And, you know, 900 feet, 800 feet, time keeps going, and then now you're watching the flotilla pass you slowly on the river. Um, okay. I send Punch to find the others and tell them what we've found. And I'm just going to follow them from the background uh, and to see what else I can ascertain about them. Okay. For those of you flying, 
or passing swiftly in the in the lower parts of the jungle jungle canopy. It's about 30 minutes into your journey when Korgoth settles down on an edge of the river that kind of, it's an embankment that arcs out amongst some rocks and other protrusions. It creates a natural kind of pinch in the river that is only about, maybe about 50 feet wide. And based on the scout's description, most of the boats would be able to pass by here in ones and twos. This appears to be the choke point that Korgoth was intended everybody to see. It's heavily overgrown on both sides, but beyond it, it opens up into like a series of tributaries. And then off in the distance, up above the tributaries, up amongst some cliffs and trees, you could see the outline of Thorntop. Maybe made up of about 30 or 40 buildings. Um, but you're so far away, you can't really see much more detail than that. So if they make it past this point, it's only about 15 minutes in the tributaries to get to the base of the cliff where Thorntop is built into. And the jungle that edges the section of the cliff as well. So we've we've landed now on this yep. on this choke point. Yep. Okay. You're on the embankment that's very heavily overgrown. You watch as Korgoth shifts back into his lizard folk form. And within a few minutes of arriving, you hear noises behind you as both Spot and Winter come breaking out of the undergrowth to arrive as well. As you can see, the village lies over there. This space is the only narrow point in the river. Beyond here, it opens up into the base of the cliff and the jungle canopy where Thorntop resides. Are, are your people waiting to shoot down from the cliffs above this choke point? They have taken up defensive positions to do what they can. It is not an easy space to assail against, but the numbers will be against us. Mm -hmm. I only have 35 warriors that can stand in defense. And also for the first time, because of the way this opens up. Off in the distance, you can see the huge 8,000-foot volcanic mountain in like a misty hue of green and grays. Thorntop is only about maybe three or four miles from the beginnings of the roots of the mountain. But because this opening... Of, of undergrowth and canopy and jungle and you have this ability to look over to the cliff face and then up and over to where the huge shadow of the mountain is in the background, the backdrop. Mm -hmm. And as you take this all into effect, a tiger <laughs> comes crashing out of the undergrowth as a very exhausted and sweaty punch <laughs> 
arrives. Wait, His sorry, hair all matted lunch. with moisture. Wait, sorry, I meant lunch. Lunch is the... Oh, sorry, lunch. Okay, uh, lunch. I was wondering how Punch was going to tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see flying down from the canopy. <laughs> what spot could talk to him? <laughs> Um, you watch as lunch comes out of the like the greenish haze of the jungle canopy. Kind of hovers there for a minute. So, so you guys aren't going to believe this. There's a lot of them. I think there's like a thousand of them or something. I don't know. But anyways, uh, Puck said that on the big river boat is Vassarisk. You can't miss him because he's got a giant triceratops with him. Which... Puck seems to think is slowing them down. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's what she said. But she also said, don't be stupid and get going. I, but, you know, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, they're they're not that. He's, like, flying there. I, they, Puck said that she's going to trail them from behind to keep an eye on them. How many minutes away are they? Ah, uh, well, maybe 10 or 15. Okay. I'm not an expert, but that's what Puck felt. Can I look around and see if there's any uh, rocks that could further narrow, like so like something that we could detach from the cliff face to further narrow this portion of the river? Well, you guys are on embankments, so you're not on the cliff. The cliff is further down the river tributary. So all around you is jungle growth and trees. In the water itself, there are protrusions of rocks coming up out of the water that create that 50-foot gap in the river. Are we hidden where we are? You're kind of in the open a little bit right now. Okay. Uh, So I have Moonbeam, which is like a pretty, it's a wide radius. It's not 50 feet, but it could catch it could catch a boat but if i think if i pop it up too soon um Bazric might try and turn around if he alone turned around we could be okay because mm-hmm. we don't want to fight the the thousand lunch says we don't want to fight the thousand boats we just want to fight the one boat Hey, um, out of curiosity, um, sorry, I'm sorry you can do this. Ignore me for bad. Apologies. <laughs> oh, that's easy, cat. Yeah, for the moonbeam, what kind of, uh, is that just automatic damage or uh, do, does he have to pass a, uh, a check on that? They have to roll a saving throw, and if they succeed, they take half the damage. Okay, what is the ability on that? Uh, uh, it's con saving throw. Okay, because what I can do is we can maybe stack effects. Um, I can do a uh, fade touched. I can throw a dart or something at him, and if it connects, every time I hit him, um, I do one extra d6, but I can uh, claim, sorry, I can disadvantage him against a particular effect. So we could do that. It only works on one creature. But we can disadvantage the big guy with something like that. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. So, uh, what do I do? Do you, do you want me to go let Puck know that you're setting up the ambush and she should get here 
before, or she wanted me to come back once I talked to you guys? Yeah, I think let her know I mean, where we are and bring her here, right? Didn't she make that fog cloud when we were at the when we were at the other place? Could we could fog would really be our friend right now, as long as we know where the big boat is. We can't see through the fog, right? We can go over the fog. Yeah, but you can't see into it. It would be too dense. Hmm. Hmm. It's kind of the purpose of the spell. Maybe after we uh, after we start the attack, we would need that fog. Yeah. I also have. Hmm. This is also a concentration spell, but I have greater invisibility. If someone wanted to be invisible and try and jump on the ship and just like stab him in the face. We could try that. <laughs> like I said, in the face, yeah. the neck, the loins. You're giving him the all the ideas. Yeah. So the tabaxi's the behind you going, ooh, ooh. I can, yeah. <laughs> I can fly over him. I mean, I'm pretty stealthy. I don't know about mm. this guy. At least I can get some range on him. But uh, I also could possibly try to hold his boat, like to impede just that boat. I can try to use banishing arrow or seeking arrow, which will seek him out if I know what he looks like for like the past minute, but I'm pretty sure we all do. Or I can use banishing yeah. arrow to like send him back to where he was. Yeah. Well, if banishing arrow would just make him disappear. Yeah. And then a minute later he's gonna reappear in the water in the same place. Right, right in the water. Unless they like stop, but we, I mean, I is the plan, How, basically the we all need to strike right? at the same time, right? Uh-huh. So, um, I, again, having an idea, is there anything around that would be really, really bad for him to fall on from, let's say, a height of 30 feet? They're rocks. <laughs> I mean, there are rapids. Uh, it's yeah. the rapids along the embankment that create that choke point. The river is maybe under normal circumstances relatively e like evenly flowing, and it's maybe anywhere from 100 to 150 feet wide. It is a major river that cuts through at the base of the volcano and the jungle that's here. Um, and that's what makes this choke point so interesting. Um, uh, from the embankment, for about 30 feet are rocks and rapids. On the other side of the embankment, you can see more rocks and rapids. And then in between, a 50-foot wide section of water that's relatively calm compared to the rapids. And then about from each embankment, about 25 feet in is the dense undergrowth of the jungle and then the massive trees that kind of grow up, you know. So it's like undergrowth, jungle, 20 feet of embankment, 35 feet of rapids and rock, the gap, and then it repeats itself in reverse on the other side of the river. Hey, lunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just getting ready to... You mentioned a Triceratops. Did it look uh, happy to be there, or was it more like... Uh, oh, yeah, it was ecstatic. I'm sure it was having a party. I don't know. I don't talk I mean, to Triceratops. Yeah, but uh, is well, it enslaved? Is it, you know... 
I think it's because I could, I could. I think he writes it. Is what he does. I could possibly change that into something else. Um, but if it was going to fight for us, that'd be better. If it's not going to fight for us, I don't know that I want to change it. I, I don't know. I've seen you do hmm. some weird shit, Arthur. So I'm just gonna, it's I'm yeah, just gonna assume that you're gonna do weird shit. And there's no, you know, I don't know. I need to get back to Puck. I, I need to let her know that you guys okay, are doing yeah, something. Yeah. Great. And he's, yeah, he just tell her that. Just tell her we're doing something. <laughs> so, ah. me and my daughter will head for the village. We will rally my warriors there in case they make it past you. If for any reason it looks like they will continue on, come to the cliffs. We'll know who you are. Get there as quickly as you can, and we'll set up our defenses there. If you're successful, send me a message. And then I will rally my forces to come and meet you back down here. If I do not hear from you, I will assume you are unsuccessful and you have been compromised. Understood. And me and my people would do what we can to prevent their assault. Of course. Well, gang, we ready to do this? One more thought. There's a bunch of, it's like this sort of like choke point and then there's like undergrowth and trees. What if we throw down a couple trees across like the length of the river? Yeah, get some trees caught in the rapids. To, I'm to just trying to figure out, to yeah, anything to make it like more of a choke point or to like stop them all together or have them crunch together. I know we're just, we're trying to get this one guy ideally, but it would be great if we could beat up a bunch of dudes. How fastly can we cut down trees? I, I am not the strongest here. <laughs> uh... I feel, it feels like this is like a winter spotter puck task, right? Or I could just try and um, sacred flame a tree a bunch of times. <laughs> You're more than willing to give it a I shot. Could, yeah. I mean, these are pretty sizable <laughs> trees here. Um, I could mock the trees until they fall down. It's a, it's like it's a cantrip. It's two d eight every time I do it. So I could just be like. <laughs> For like ten minutes, you know, I would say, I would say, as you put a couple, as you put a couple blasts of it into one of the trees, uh-huh. and you kind of find a tree that's not quite as big. Uh-huh. The challenge you have as you, as you, and the explosion of the wood, and you watch as the tree, and then, like falls over. Uh-huh. Now they got to be dragged about fifteen feet over to the embankment. And then kind of shoved off into the water uh-huh. in the hopes that they'll get into the rapids mm-hmm. and create more of a choke mm-hmm. point. So there's a lot of steps to the procedure. Bringing down the trees may actually be the easy part. The hard part is dragging them over and getting them out into the river. Bring it through the water. Yeah. But whether or not you have enough time is another question. Before Long Puck, as you're watching and keeping an eye on this massive flotilla gradually moving down the river, Punch comes back. <laughs> Finds you. Um, yeah, so I, I I told them they're coming. I said that you said that there were thousands of them. Um, 
and that that the big boat with the big dinosaur on it is the one that he's on. Um, I'm not very good with math, so I just assume there were thousands. Am I right, or am I? Sorry, I I don't I don't know. You're on mute. You communicated the essence of the situation. Oh, good, <laughs> good, good. Good to hear. Well, do they have any plans? Yeah, supposedly they're going to have Winter and Zenith and Spot come up with a coordinated effort, I think, to drown Vassarisk. It's what it sounded like to me. Either drown him or send him someplace he can't come back from. I don't I don't know. It sounds very complex, but they it sounds like they got a plan. Well, I guess we have no choice but to trust them and have a good Oh, I didn't out. say it was that good of a plan. I just <laughs> it sounds like they got a plan. Well, I'm going to do find plants to see if I can find any poisonous plants around here. Do you mind just continuing what you're doing, keeping an eye out, being stealthy, all of your specialities? Uh, sure. Um, yeah, okay. And he kind of flies up in the air, and he's using the treetops to kind of hide in as the two of you are gradually still following the riverbank downstream to keep both an eye. Uh, give me a survival check as you're just kind of taking in the environment around you to see if there's anything here that you might be able to use. Uh, 11. It's not really flora or fauna that you become very aware of. This environment is still relatively new to you. Some of the plants look dangerous, but you're not really sure which ones. Um, and meanwhile, the whole time that you're walking the embankment, the one thing you continue to see is sign of um, crocodile trails. You actually stumble across a trail that kind of you look up the trail you can see the nest all covered in mud and debris and judging by the size of the trail the width, about a 50 foot crocodile came through here maybe about an hour ago. Hmm. Well, maybe not go for a swim then. Um, I guess in order to actually do find, locate animal or plant, I need a specific name. Uh, do I have any knowledge at all of this type of fauna to be able to do that? Or... I give me a history check. Mm. Oh, let's hope for the best. Okay, 19. This environment is pretty heavy with crocodiles, piranha, um, and other aggressive creatures. The fauna is mostly, um, or the flora is mostly ferns, uh, river plants, river flowers. You get the feeling that maybe if you focus on what left that huge trail behind you, might give you an idea of things in the area, but other than that, you're not really sure. Okay, then I'll cast on the thing that I, that left that trail. Okay. You begin to focus on it. You try to imagine it in your mind. 
there's a creature floating alongside the river flotilla. And that's when you begin to look and you see dozens of alligators just underneath the surface of the water following this flotilla with almost a hungry kind of sense of purpose in their minds. They're very feral, very wild creatures. The large one feels like an alpha of sorts who might be kind of the largest one within the territory. And you look as the last of the riverboats pass by you. And you just see this very large shadow swimming from side to side, kind of just casually following the riverboat. And then you see other large shadows, but not as big as the main one you just saw. Oh. Okay, well, maybe an unlikely ally. Mm. <laughs> that damn tabaxi. <laughs> Can I try and talk to the large one? How would you like to try to talk to it? Um, to cast um, speak with animals. What's the range on that? 10 minutes. Uh, is it a touch? Or has it got range? It doesn't really say, but I assume that because it says communicate verbally, I have to be within sound range. Well, it should have range in the spell. That I know that spell has range. I just I don't know if it's 30 or 60 feet. Oh, uh, the range itself? No, that's, um, hold on. Does it make sense? I know that, um, there it is. Thank you. Um, yep. It is self. So every time you've used this, the, the, the creature's been within about five feet of you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So if you yell towards it, it might expose you. Okay, then I'll maybe <laughs> wait a little in the shadows before attempting anything like this. Or, I guess, is it behind the flotilla? It is. You're watching it get a little further away from you. All the shadows are mixed within the rear portion of the flotilla. So it's behind it for the most part. Um, okay. Um, uh, is the, can I kind of isolate one that might be a little bit easier to talk to without... Sure, there's at least one or two crocodiles that are nearer than that one. In fact, you... As you continue to follow, about 20 feet in front of you, you hear a splash as a 12-foot crocodile just kind of enters the river. Okay, I'll try to talk to them. I'll try to find, you know, like a pretty hidden area where I could kind of crouch next to the water and okay. see if any croc will talk to me. Okay, what do you say as you cast it and then try to speak to one? Um... 
who's looking for a big scaly meal? Ooh. <laughs> Advertising. <laughs> uh, give me persuasion. At least you said big scaly, not, you know, just a meal, because... <laughs> <laughs> Big scale. Yeah, no, Tuck, I'm aware. Tuck would qualify. <laughs> um, persuasion. And eight. A few seconds goes by. A few minutes goes by. None of them respond to you. Wow. Rude. Cold. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll try one more time. Give me another uh, persuasion check as you call out yet again. This time I'll say, um, who hasn't eaten in a while? Hopefully okay. somebody. <laughs> <laughs> like you put yourself out there, but okay. <laughs> I got a nat 20. It's 21. Hey, okay. Amazing. So this time you get a little frustrated. Oh, kind of. Get closer to the water in the embankment and you yell out at one of the nearby shadows. And then it stops and it turns around and comes back towards you. It breaches the edge of the water. <laughs> Who said that? I did. The small one. The one that's not worth the calories if you attack, but could get you something real big and juicy. Its head turns and twists. <laughs> I don't know. You might be enough. Oh, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't. What are you? You're not a fish. I am an elbow creature. I am 90% uh. elbows. <laughs> All bones. You know what You're like those fisher folk that like to catch and eat fish. Oh. <laughs> it kind of pulls itself up on the muddy embankment. So, what's this about eating a meal? There is quite a large. Lizard folk. Yes, we've been following them for a while now. They are surprisingly good at what they do. They don't seem to want to fall in the river so that we can eat them. <laughs> what if I can help you? What do you mean? He crawls a little forward, his eyes kind of ogling with excitement. How can you help us? If you help us stop these boats and rock them from side to side, just make their life as a living hell... I will make sure that as many of them jump into the water and fall in, I will light their boats on fire for you. You will have a feast like you haven't had in generations. Ooh. Turns to look at the river boats. That's an incredible <laughs> pitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what a laughing crocodile sounds like, but it's just like teeth and smile as he's <sighs> that big bellow. That <laughs> yeah, like okay. Um, well, one of my mates out there, he's quite big. Uh, he kind of tells us and bosses us around, tries to tell us what to do. Um, so you're saying we should be able to tip those boats then? If you wait for my signal. Yeah, what's and, your signal? Um, I do like a funky bird call. Mm, I've eaten one of those birds before. <laughs> That's quite enlightening. Ah, okay. Um, I'll go see what the others say. And he slides back in the water, kicks his tail, and rapidly starts swimming in the direction of the riverboats and where the others are following. And you, you watch as 
lunch kind of slowly. Um, are you just talking to a crocodile? Um, yes. I'm, Is that wise? You know, they're nice enough. As shoes, yeah. <laughs> or handbags. Or backpacks. Or belts. On skewers. I Can we not... Okay, so, um, what do you want me to do now? I guess we're going to have to wait for them to arrive in order to do anything big, but I would like to light a couple of those on fire. I know you have some electrical poweresses. Do you think you could find some weak points in those boats to direct those at, to make he them looks catch at, fire? Uh, maybe... Um, I don't, I don't really, I, I mean, technically, if we want to try it, we could try having you cast a spell through me. Oh. So I'm kind of like a familiar, but not quite like a familiar. You'd have to warg into my eyes and take me over a little bit. But as long as I'm within a hundred feet of you, you could probably cast a spell through me. That is an amazing idea. Thank you, Lunch. Oh, yeah. It's mostly because I'm useless. I'm not really sure what I can do. You're pretty, <laughs> you've been pretty useful so far. I Maybe. I, I Look, they're waiting up ahead. I, I, I think they have a plan as well. How do we time all this? Like, what do we do? I guess... Just hope that we get a sense of when they get started and well you, we're gonna do it all at the same time, right? So wouldn't you come Yeah, but you ahead? guys are separated yeah. at this point. She's yeah, that's following them along. That was our, our, right. You guys are already setting up your plan up at the choke point. Did they tell you of any kind of signal for us to wait for? Uh <laughs> Lunch is like Um sure. Um I think Zenith mentioned something about a big blob of light blowing up one of the ships. Then I guess let's wait for one of those. Okay. Um, all right. Um, okay. Groovy, uh, dude. We got this. I, I don't think we do, but... <laughs> okay. And he, like, flies away we'll and back up into the canopy. For those of you down at the choke point, how are you setting things up because all of you can hear horns mm -hmm. up the river maybe hey, about winter. five to ten minutes away hey winter remember when you were on that tiny little boat and we were all about to get killed by raptors and that crazy awesome shot you made that freaking went through one eye and out the other eye of that raptor yes you think he can do that again? Except with uh, that big black fucker out there on the water? I can try. I can try. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like think, Winter uh, looks up the river. And now I mean, coming, I, around, I the, coming around the embankment, you can see the first of the river boats arriving. You can see the front of them kind of coming around the edge. And you can hear the horns getting louder. In the middle of the flotilla, you could finally see the large riverboat that they were talking about. You could see a great shackled triceratops 
and there's Vasarisk amongst the warriors, the other dozens of warriors on the flotillas of the different river boats. It's now maybe about seven minutes away of the choke point. We need to get hit. How does that, good. How does that banishing arrow work? Does it, does it have to hit uh, a living target to banish something? It says a creature hit by, yeah, it has to be a creature. Creature. Dang. Because if we could shoot that boat. Oh, yeah, that would be great. I can and try the boat to... just disappeared. <laughs> Yeah, I could try to get into range and use my seeking arrow, which will only seek out him, so it'll bypass everyone else and go directly to my target. Well, Zant, uh, you you know I, I can I can play songs and, and inspire people, but uh, don't you have something that can help out with uh, specific skills as well? Uh, yeah, I can, I can bless you guys or I can enhance ability but unfortunately those are concentration spells so I can't do that and moonbeam well you would only need the ability for as long as you need to make the shot right spot what's your passive perception let me check I think it's pretty high isn't it I think it's like 17 but um, I don't actually have my D&D window open because of all the problems I've been having I thought Xanth had the highest actually I got your, Oh, it is Zenith. Okay, yeah, because you took a special yeah. feat for that, right, Zenith? Yeah, I did. Yeah, so yeah. as the four of you are in conversation, like Winter's looking up at the trees, trying to figure out where she can kind of hide and find a good hiding spot. Spot is kind of also looking at the uh, 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 at what uh, whatever opportunity presents him. Meanwhile, Earth and Zenith, as the two of you are talking, Zenith, you look past Earth and asking Winter a question. There are dozens of elongated shadows in the water. Very large creatures are floating alongside the flotilla. There are creatures in the water. There's something under the boat. <laughs> I don't know what it is. They're long. See long tails, um, scaly bodies. They There's a like moment crocodiles. where one of their backs kind of come up as all of you see like a 20-foot-long crocodile suddenly disappear under the water. It's always something. We can't never have, like, a normal battle. It's just <laughs> always something. What if, what if uh, I mean, I can, I can give you inspiration, which can help you make this shot, right? And uh, remember last time when we banished the guy? He disappeared, right? And everything went to shit. They were all running around crazy, like they didn't know what to do. Yeah. What better way to show more discord than doing it again? Yeah, I can. I can also give someone a uh, like to, uh, the ability to roll advantage on initiative if we have someone we want to go first. I don't know if we'll be in initiative well, or if we, we get the surprise once. attack. Yeah, you know, if we get the surprise attack, we could. But I'm I'm already going to give you some bardic inspiration because I'm giving you this amazing pep talk about you're the greatest archer. We were what was what like 500 yards away when you when you sniped that raptor. And that was before you had this cool ass bow that you have now <laughs> that you say you talk to. So, you know, you could you talk to the bow and say, "Hey, we got this, buddy." How, right? I know. I know. 
Yeah. Okay. Oh, you got this. No, you you got this. You got this. <laughs> okay. I I I fill in the pep talk. <laughs> I can give it a try. Let's find you a good spot to hide, though, because you're gonna need that range. Give me a survival check. Uh, for you, Winter, as you begin to look around for a good spot to... Because you're going to want height, because you want that advantage. You're going to want a good line of sight. So what'd you get? 13. 13? Looking around, there's a clump of trees that aren't overly tall, but not short either. Um, give me acrobatics as you begin to climb up the trees. It's another 13. Oh. You climb up and you find a perch that has a decent line of sight down both into the choke point and slightly behind. Um, it's about 200 feet in range overall. So it's within the proximity of what you know the longbow could do. So you guys watch as Winter takes her place up in the trees. What are the three of you now doing? Xanath... And earthen and spot to prepare for this ambush. How far is the canopy from the? How far is just the general canopy from the river? Uh, twenty-five feet. Okay, yeah, I'm just gonna fly up and kind of try to meld into the canopy there. All right, give me a stealth check. Uh, Winter, give me a stealth check as well. Wow, I rolled double thirteens. It's a twenty-four. Nice. What'd you I've get, uh, Earthen? Uh, so that's a 19. But 19. Yeah, I rolled double third. I mean, I rolled with advantage and I got the same thing. Gotcha. Okay. Terrible odds right there. So Spot and Xanath, what are you doing? Well, I just kind of want to make sure I'm on board for what we're doing just with all the hardware problems I've been having tonight. Because what I was I'll going to try to do... What? One more time. The same thing we always do. Oh. <laughs> this is the same thing we always do. Just take over the world. So everything we have. Because <laughs> um, the last I heard before my PC decided to crap out again was uh, we got to try to drop him over the rapids. So what I was going to try to do is just get up close, uh, especially if we can get him with a um, excuse me um, a sneak attack. Because if I can hit him with one of my uh, flurry of blows, I can stun him. And I was literally—I was going to uh, do a misty step and teleport him over the edge, or teleport myself over the edge, and I can slow fall, and, I, and I'll be fine. So I think the current plan was um, we're all hiding, and Winter's going to hit him with a banishment arrow, with the hope that I guess he would drop into the rapids when he comes back. Is that right? Yeah, I also because there because my the disarray. I don't know, like if spot if we want you like on the ship because I think there are crocodiles underneath the boats. Okay, um, before I can literally run on water right now, so that's not that. That is huge. that's pretty sick. <laughs> well, you can you can catch him when he comes back, right? Remember, okay, remember when you were on top of the uh, when we were on top of that that pit thing, and uh, you did your misty step and like drop kicked the guy mm -hmm. 
after he came back from his banishment. That's kind of the same deal we're going for. Are you guys shifting the plan a bit? It's sounding more like a capture plan. No, no, no. Okay. We're still going to try to kill the guy. Okay. I'm planning to kill the guy. He's just, we're going to banish him off the boat first. Maybe it would be better just to snatch him and beat him up somewhere (laughs) else. I mean, because the boat's going to keep moving, but if we snatch him, then we've we've got him. But he can hear yeah, the horns he, blare he, as the lead boats are now only five minutes away. Okay, if we hit him as soon as he is in range, all those other boats are going to pass by. It's only a minute, right? But he's going to reappear in the area. So whatever's there after a minute, maybe he lands on another boat, you know. But the disarray for that minute. I, I'm. I've got some stuff. I'm gonna try. Like, I can. I, I so I can make a forceful hand now and just start punching these boats at random. You know, Skin trying to tip me. them over. You know, exactly. <laughs> just karate chopping them all the way. <laughs> it's so big and it's a forceful hand. Winter's up in the so. tree. Earthen's up in the tree. Xanath at the spot, you're still calculating what you're doing. Xanath, I would love to out. Yeah. I would love to also be in the tree if it's if we think it's like twenty-five feet to the water or a different tree, but I don't want to be on the ground. Okay. Give me athletics or acrobatics to climb a nearby tree. I'm not gonna be able to do it. <laughs> Can't you fly? Um, well, but yeah, but only if it's dark where I start. Um, so if there only, I think if there were like a dark spot, it could crouch in the dark and then cast and then fly. But, um, it's pretty well lit in this environment right now. It is, it's at this point after traveling as fast as you guys did, it's barely midday. Is there somewhere, is there somewhere I can hide? that's on the ground. Uh, give me a survival or perception check. Your choice. Okay. I'm going to give myself guidance. Okay. All right, that's a nat one. So that would be <laughs> nine plus guidance. <laughs> Twelve. Looking around, the embankment is mostly ferns, river grass, river water, like uh, flora, right? Not very tall, not very short. There is a clump of stones with a lot of overgrown vines on it. Mm-hmm. That's slightly off to the right of the choke point and about 10 feet towards the direction of the river's edge. It seems to be the only nearby cover, but the way the jungle is, is like the way the trees are and the way the undergrowth is, you could possibly hide in the very edge of the jungle as well. I mean, there's a lot of thick undergrowth alongside um, the trees. And if I did that, would I be like, how far would I be from the center of the river? Um, if you did that, you would be about 90 feet from the center of the river. Okay. I'll hide it by the rocks that are close because I think 90 feet is too far. Okay. Because that would give you, a from where the rocks are, that mm-hmm. gives you about 60 feet from where the rocks are. Okay. So give me a stealth check. All right. See what you're... Heidi Hole looks like. I will guidance myself again. 
got to be better than a one. That's a three. <laughs> I, I imagine with a one, you Four. like walking into the growth and you know your feet stick out. <laughs> You're hiding, but your feet are sticking out. All right, that's a five on my stealth check. Okay. So I'm going to die. There's a big shiny metal person <laughs> hiding behind some rocks near the river. <laughs> so, All Spot, right. at this point, Xanath is taking cover. We're just up in the tree. Earthen's up in the tree as well. After um, you cast flying yourself, Earthen, right? Yeah, I'm or still using my ring. You're still yeah. using the ring. What are you doing, Spot? Oh, God. I, I'm sorry. Um... You can walk I'm on water, dude. You can run. I can literally walk on water. So it sounds uh, like the trigger for all of this is when Winter shoots her bow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm gonna kind of do is just make my way down to the water's edge and just kind of try to stay out of sight, but use my new monk abilities to kind of just walk across the water and like. Uh, Get ready for whatever shenanigans are about to uh, come up. Okay. Um, give me investigation as you get to the water's edge. Okay. Let me, I'm switching between my three mice here, so I apologize. Investigation. Come on, you. There's 15. 15. Once you get to the water's edge, you realize that there are some good hiding spots among the rapids. Mm-hmm. Um, and since you have this ability to walk on water you use the rapids as cover so give me stealth with advantage because of the way the water's foaming up creating a mist around you so you have a bit of an advantage here okay uh, honest question because uh, i've already got advantage on stealth that's so fine. what does that mean it just means you have advantage okay so i was gonna say advantage plus advantage so that is a 19 okay Puck, you begin to see the choke point that they were talking about back in the ravine near the um, the lineage caverns before you guys all went off in different directions. You can see the rapids. You can see the 50-foot section. You even begin to see the riverboats beginning to reform in the hopes that they're now going to try to get through there two by two. There's at least eight riverboats in front of the large riverboat. The main large riverboat's so big, it has to try on its own. Um, okay. I'm... As you take in this site, the water breaches at the edge of the river, and you see this crocodile. <laughs> yeah, I told all my friends. Uh, uh, we're going to... Well, um, so from those of you in hiding... And Puck, as you look beyond the talking crocodile that's having a conversation with you, all the boats are beginning to, like, rock from side to side. The first two boats that try to make it into the gap get pushed away and into the rapids. Right in front of you, Spot, you watch as a small riverboat filled with a dozen uh, uh, lizard folk warriors crashes into the rapids, comes apart almost instantly, and a dozen of them plunge into the water. Now, they do have a swim speed, so they recover quickly. And they start swimming out of the rapids, just as all of you in hiding watch as... Ooh. These yes. crocodiles 
jumping literally out of the water and attacking all these lizard folk. You then hear a horn, kind of like blast from the others as the large riverboat picks up speed and is now attempting to breach the gap and it's pushing the other riverboats out of the way. And there you can see the Triceratops lashed to the back of this 100-foot-long, 40-foot-wide riverboat that is attempting to get through that narrow gap. And there you can see Vasarisk up on the front of the riverboat going like this as lizard folk are oaring as fast as they can to make this thing speed up. Winter, from your vantage point, you could see Vasarisk on the very front of the boat very clearly. And he seems to be giving orders and guiding the other lizard folk. Let's go. <laughs> what are you doing, Winter? I'm going to take the shot. All right. You have height, <laughs> so you have advantage. Are you using and you the have... arrow first or the banishing arrow? They're both separate abilities. I am going to use the banishing Okay. Those of you, Earth, and you're closest to Winter, you watch as she pulls out her arrow. You can hear her mumble under her breath, and energy starts to arc around the arrow as she pulls back. And let's go. Go ahead and make your attack roll with advantage. Let's go, indeed. <laughs> it's a 30. Oh my God. No. Natural 20? Is that a natural? It was a 19. But oh. I Wait a minute. Doesn't your bow crit on a 19? Doesn't it what? I think your bow crits on a natural 19. I don't even know what that means. So basically the magic means you're you awesome. have that if you roll a 19 or a 20, it's a critical hit. Oh. Okay. So with that... You watch the arrow streak. <laughs> it jams into the collarbone of Vasarish. <laughs> and so roll the damage. So I believe you do 1d8 or 1d10. 1d8. Yeah. So roll 2d8 because it is double damage. Okay. Is and it roll the. I rolled a four for his save, so I know he's going to get banished. Oh, yeah. It's um, nice. So what's total damage? 15. I got a seven and an eight. Okay. What's your damage bonus modifier? Uh, plus five. So that's a that's a 20 one. points of piercing damage. And as that arrow, all of you watch, strikes. Vassarisk disappears. He's yes. gone. You guys have a minute to take advantage of this chaos. Spot, you're in the rapids. There's a nearby riverboat. There's shouting and yelling in lizard folk tongue. There's panic beginning to spread as crocodiles are in the process of dumping over boats, attacking those in the water. And the water around you is now frothing with red, kind of like foamy blood from the attacks of the crocodiles. What do you want to do with this surprise round that you've got in front of you? <laughs> um, how many uh, lizard folk can I see, like, just thrashing in the water? How, like, how close are any of them to me? 
most of them are at the edge of the rapids, about 20 feet at the edge of the rocks. There's maybe about seven or eight of them in the water. And just as you focus, you watch as the large riverboat that um, uh, Vaxis uh, was on slightly goes out of control. The tail end of it is being pushed by the largest crocodile you've ever seen. <laughs> this monster 50-foot crocodile is pushing the rear of the riverboat towards the rapids that you're hiding in. All right. Um, here's what I have in my head. Um, let me know if this sounds possible. Okay. If there's multiple lizard folk within 45 feet of me, you know, my, my speed, I would like to basically run on the water and basically kick them. You know, uh, you know, use an acrobatic check, use one of my key points or flurry of lows, whatever you decide. And basically, like, use my ability to run across the water, but kind of shove them down as I'm running across it, kind of force them underwater. You're just, uh, like, what? running on people's heads. Yes. Yeah. And I'm Mario hopping across the, the heads of the little <laughs> I like it. So, we'll say it costs you a key point to do that. Okay. So mark off a key point. And we'll treat it like Flurry of Blows. Okay. So how many... Um, let's say the first one that you jump onto is a normal attack for you. Mm-hmm. So roll an unarmed strike for the first one you leap onto. Give me one second, because, uh, like I said, with everything else going on, uh, I have to switch between monitors and all this fun stuff. But uh, I'll just go ahead and roll this that. That's why we use real dice, folks. Real dice. Always ah, the dice. All right. All right. The first hit is a 22. You feel your foot land 10 feet out onto the water on the first lizard folk. Uh, roll for damage. Okay. That is a 10. 10. You see another lizard folk about eight feet in front of you. Are you aiming for the riverboat that's currently sliding sideways towards you? Or what's your target at this point? I'm kind of just looking for targets of opportunity. Like, I'm not necessarily running towards the riverboat. I'm kind of picking out individual lizard people. You land on the first one. You see one to your right. You leap over to that one. Now you're doing Flurry of Blows. Mm -hmm. So how many attacks do you get with Flurry of Blows? Two or three? Uh, uh, Two. Okay. So give me two more attacks as you leap from one to the other, and then it'll circle you back to another rock within the rapids. Okay. Oh, that sucks. First Flurry of Blows is only a 10. Okay. Uh, Second. Ah, come here, you. Second is an 18. The second one will definitely hit. You leap on one, but he sees you and kind of bats you away, but you use his arm to leap onto another one, and your heel just comes crashing down into the skull of one of the other lizard folk that's trying to swim away from the crocodile. Go ahead and roll damage for that one. That one is also a 10. Okay. That will finish your turn for now, since everything is in chaos. We're not quite an initiative yet. Um, Zanith, you're down by the river's edge. You're crouched behind the rocks, and you just watched as the first two riverboats got pushed into the rapids, and now you watch the spot was leaping on top of those that are in the water and jamming his feet and pushing them underwater or crushing into their skulls. There's also 
crocodiles attacking those that are in the water as well. And you're watching as the large riverboat's getting pushed sideways into the nearby rapids after Basterisk was banished. After Winter's arrow shot struck him in the collarbone. Mm -hmm. What do you want to do? I would love to uh, throw up a moonbeam. And ideally, I would place it. It's like a 10-foot diameter. Place it so that a boat is basically forced to choose go through the moonbeam or go into the rapids. Okay. Um, So you you bring the moonbeam into existence. Puck, the large riverboat that's getting pushed sideways, there's an explosion of light that catches just a portion of it as the riverboat's being pushed. Whoever cast that, you're not sure if they could see it, but the large crocodile's pushing it. And unfortunately, Xanath hasn't seen that yet. So you just watch as the moonbeam comes into existence in the water. But what Xanath doesn't realize is that one of the other smaller riverboats was being pushed by a separate group of crocodiles. And it inadvertently, the crocodiles and the riverboat riverboat cross in to Xanath's moonbeam. Uh, Xanath, roll damage for me on the moonbeam. Okay. I've already pre-rolled everybody's saves. All right. So I'm rolling d10s. That's a lot of d10s. Jeez. I'm just trying to find literally one d10. (laughs) (laughs) That's a d12. Okay. All right. That's a one. That's an eight. That's a five. And that's a 10. <laughs> Nine. 24. Yeah, no, 24. yeah, yeah, 24. Yeah, you were at yeah, 14 right. plus 10 is 24, yeah. You watch yeah. as the riverboat explodes in a blaze of radiant fire and energy, and it kind of shears into pieces. A few of the lizard folk that got caught in the moonbeam immediately spill into the water while also getting attacked by crocodiles at the same time. And the water begins to just froth with the the bloody battle that's going on between the lizard folk and the crocodile. Earthen, you're watching this play out. You're watching as Winter is pulling out a second arrow to make another shot at a a target. Um, What do you want to do, Earthen? as this chaos is unfolding. What would you say is the difference in size between a Triceratops and a Brontosaurus? Extravagantly different in size, yes. So if the Triceratops were to just turn into a Brontosaurus, that that boat is gone. There would be a lot of interesting things that would happen. Okay. I'm going to cast Polymorph on the Triceratops. And that's a wisdom save? That's a wisdom save. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so that is an eight minus two is a six. It needed a 14. Ooh. You watch. So that, that little triceratops. <laughs> On the back end of the riverboat, as it's being pushed in the direction of the rapids, you're now watching a triceratops that is beginning to panic and pull at the chains. Warriors are spilling off the boat just as the rear end of it slams into the rapids. You watch as Earthen brings his hands together, casts the polymorph effect down towards the Triceratops as it goes from being this 25-foot long by 8-foot wide creature into this 100-foot long 
by 25 foot tall brontosaurus. <laughs> and as it comes into existence, the large riverboat shatters and comes apart. Panicked lizard folk go off in different directions. However, it's going to take some damage from all this effect. It's going to take a little bit of damage from the impact, but it's so large that it mm-hmm. manages to hold its form. But now it is completely panicked. And you watch as this huge brontosaurus rears up and slams into the river and starts to run up river along the embankment. Puck, suddenly you hear... (laughs) (laughs) The trees along the embankment kind of fold in and down as this panicked brontosaurus starts running right by you and lunch. And you and lunch are just like... (laughs) As it just, like, runs up the embankment. But... While it does that, it's smashing nearby riverboats that are trying to get towards the edge of the embankment to kind of like avoid the rapids. The entire choke point is now chaos. Winter, you're lighting up your second shot and it's a target-rich environment. What do you want to take a shot at? Uh, What's... Is there something that's, like, the biggest and the most effective that would, like, throw them off? Uh, Give me a perception check as you begin to see if there's any particular target around you. It's a 23. There's a particularly large warrior that seems to be trying to get people to calm down and get things under control. You can see his great green and yellow skin hide. He stands maybe about eight feet tall, a good two feet taller than the rest. He's got dual weapons on his back, and in his guttural lizard language, he's barking out orders to the others. He seems to be trying to focus and get an immediate group around him to get under control. Um, Take the shot as you release your shot at that one. Okay. It's a 23. You watch as the arrow strikes into the back. It takes the shot. Go ahead and roll for damage, please. It's a 13. You watch as the arrow strikes and he looks and as he looks over his shoulder at the embankment, he sees Xanath by the rocks. He can see that there's something going on over there that catches his eye. But he's not sure as he just realizes he took an arrow. He turns to like issue orders just as a huge crocodile leaps out of the water, pulls itself up onto the riverboat, and begins to thrash its head back and forth. It clamps onto this one because there's blood coming down his back. And the crocodile takes him by the legs, brings him into the water, and you just, you just watch as the lizard folk gets pulled underneath. Puck, you haven't gone yet. Um, it is chaos out in the water. Good job, you can Puck. hear good screaming, job, yelling, the unrelenting attack of the crocodiles. The one that came up to warn you just smiles at you. And if I had an Aussie accent, I'd use it, right? Uh, <laughs> we got this, mate. And dips into the water and goes thrashing towards the chaos of the river. Okay, I'm going to uh, 
mount lunch and just try to light arrows on fire and strategically send them out to the boats uh, so they will go up in flames. Since How many attacks water. do you get? Two or three? Um, so, actually, okay. So I have a crossbow expert. So I think I have two and I also have prefer, uh, preferred because we added the thing to my crossbow. That's right. Okay. Uh, but let me just advantage, make sure. I think, right? Uh, yes. I'm excited. Uh, so, as you hop on lunch and you begin to ready your crossbow, he brings you up high enough that you're looking down into the crowded river boats that are choking up this section of the of the river. There are there's one boat that's butted up against the large river boat that's kind of smashed in, but there's at least six boats that have been crushed by the fleeing brontosaurus. It's gone up the embankment and disappeared. Um, beyond the, the, the like curve of the river's edge. The way that the boats that have been crushed, they're doused in river water. They probably won't catch fire. But there's a small group of five boats that are trying to oar away from the chaos and get over to the other side of the embankment. It seems to be your best target right now. Uh, okay, I aim at them. Go ahead and roll the hit. But you're aiming for the boats, right? I guess. Do they have um, like a, a sheet? Like um... they do not have masts or sails, but they are heavily laden with equipment. Um, what's your passive perception? Uh, passive perception uh, is eleven. 11? Uh, no, sorry. Uh, perception. Yeah, it's 11. Uh, give me a perception check then. That wouldn't be high enough for you to see. So you're going to have to slow your roll a bit to try to examine the contents of those riverboats. Um, I got 15. Okay. Instead of getting your two attacks, though, that took some time. So if you're one attack with your crossbow, the bolt is lit with a globule of flame on the end of it. One of the riverboats within that group of five is heavily laden with barrels that say pitch on the side of them. And it says pitch in your native tongue because you are gnome. These look like a batch of barrels that they might have bought from the traders within either the dwell or the upper wards of the of the Nomark City. Um, well, I think I just found my target then. <laughs> Pull the trigger. Go ahead and roll the hit. Roll d20 and add your attack modifier. Uh, good thing for that preference, because that was sad. Okay, that was 25. Hey. The bolt kind of arcs. Lunch has to get you over the maelstrom um, you watch as the chaos is unfolding around you. The bolt arcs and arcs and arcs. It lands on one of the barrels. The lid of the barrel was already kind of jostled loose. And the moment it hits the lid, the lid kind of sinks in. 
as you watch the black pitch of the tar and kind of like like oily substance in the barrel it just ruptures into this massive fireball that goes outwards within the group of five riverboats and immediately huge globules of pitch and tar are being flung out onto lizard folk, onto crocodiles, onto boats, as that entire side just erupts into this fireball. For the rest of you, over by the rapids in the opposite embankment, you feel the force wave kind of come across as five riverboats just launch up into the air in shrapneled water fire, and you're now watching this flaming tar starts landing on the embankment on the kind of like the the rapids you watch as a lizard folk goes running off one of the river boats just covered in tar and on fire and plunges into the water just as a crocodile like sees him and takes him down under the water so this has created a lot of chaos there's now smoke yelling and screaming as the lizard folks are completely caught unawares so this is a unique situation you guys get one more surprise round. <laughs> At the end of this next surprise round, it'll have been a minute since he was banished. So you get one more. So the first surprise round took 30 seconds. And now you're getting another surprise round because of the chaos. At the end of that second surprise round, he'll be back. Or at least you guess he'll be back because that minute will be up. So starting with Spot... What do you want to do with this second surprise round that you have? All right. Um, can I see any ships that are more or less intact, like uh, that are within my my ability to get to them this turn? Uh, give me a perception check as you look around. All right. Perception. Come here, you stupid laptop. Perception. That is a 12. 12. Looking around... You could see the lizard folk in the water frantically trying to get away from the crocodiles. The large riverboat has smashed into the um, uh, into the rapids and is slowly coming apart in multiple pieces. You can see other boats on the other side on fire. There are now two riverboats that have made a push to get through the gap. And they've now passed through the gap and they've passed within about 10 feet of your rapids. And they're now pulling surviving lizard folk on to their boats okay. as they're making a run for the tributary to the still waters beyond the gap. All right. Um, the the lead ship of one of those, can I get to that? Uh, how far away? It, from- it's about 20 feet from you. You could definitely get to it. Okay. What I'd like to do, um, how high up is the uh, is the oars deck? Like uh, how high above it, the water? It's just like a traditional river boat. It's only a few feet up out of the water line. There's a thin wood railing that goes along, and on each of those railings are hoops with six oars on either side, where they're just, they've now stopped oaring, and they're now kind of at the front and back of the riverboat. They're pulling lizard folk onto the boats that are getting away from the crocodiles. Okay, let me kind of detail my, my plan, because okay. this is what I want to try to do, because... The same thing that lets me run on water also lets me run up vertical surfaces. Okay. So what I want, my, what I have in my head is that lead boat. I want to go up and use my quicksilver claws to basically destroy as many of the oars as I possibly can, and then 
use the uh, try to use the equivalent if possible at Stonehouse. Um, like maybe try to kick the stern with a uh, a key point, like a key empowered strike, and try to force it like to turn beam onto the the, uh, the flow of the river and uh, make the the falling boat smash into it. Okay, give me acrobatics for the overall attempt. Okay, acrobatics. That is a twenty six. Okay, now give me a. Uh, an attack strike with advantage at the oars. Okay, attack strike. Ah, come here, you. That is a 27. Now give me another unarmed strike as you smash the oars on the one side. You come across and you kind of use lizard folk as kind of like a uh, ability to push off of them and you come towards the keel of the river boat and there you can see a lizard folk stabilizing the rudder and he watches as your as your foot just begins to come towards him and the rudder so see if you can kick him back and off into the water okay just ready to run arm strike yep <laughs> let me double check on something because I think I might also have that uh, like I got a 19 that's a 28 but I okay. don't know if uh, I have that same thing where a 19 counts as a crit for my stuff okay. I don't double check I'm checking now I don't know if you're the right level for that yet right. I think that's either a feat or a subclass feat for the monk I'm checking now but I got a total of 28 and okay. I'm triple checking that now I'm deflecting this I'm not seeing it. I, okay. That might have been why so I was your foot mother's and mother's. the heel, the ball of your foot <laughs> hits him in the jaw. Go ahead and roll damage. And you expend a key strike to stun him. Mm -hmm. I'll take care of that in a second. And he is stunned. All right. That is seven damage. Okay. You hit him in the jaw. <laughs> He's stunned by the strike and he falls over, unable to hold on to the, hold on to the keel. As he falls over backwards, tumbles into the water the rear of the riverboat goes out of control. You finish your move by stepping on the water and those in the water. You run across a crocodile's back to get back into the rapid rocks as the two boats <coughs> kind of collide on the rear end. And the, the one of the boats kind of overlaps the other. And the two boats are, are kind of like, like... And the crocodiles begin to attack the two weakened Riverboats. That'll end your second surprise round. Xanath, you have your second surprise round. Yes. What would you like to do? Well, I would love to move the moonbeam to wherever our friend is going to show back up after the banishment. Give me a survival check to see if you can figure out where that might be, because it's okay. chaos out there. All right. I'm going to guidance myself. Okay. Okay. Uh, my rolls are so bad today. That's a that's a three plus four for my survival. Come on, man, this is so rough. Plus plus four, so that's uh eleven. Eleven. Really hard to tell with the chaos out in the middle of the river. It's just it's very chaotic. Um, 
get a general idea of where you think he might be, and you begin to move the moonbeam the 20 feet that you're able to move it in that general direction. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the yowling pains of lizard folk and crocodiles that are kind of mixed in the chaos of where you think he might reappear. Okay. So go ahead and give me another damage roll so I can add that into the calculus of the overall damage effect that's going on. All right. That is eight plus eight plus one plus the four. Eight plus eight plus one plus four is 21. Okay. That earthen polymorph requires concentration for you. Oh, I'm dropping it. I just wanted to tear that boat up. What's the maximum (laughs) range that you can maintain it? Uh, that's a good question. Range is 60 feet. So, at some point, yeah, at some point, you feel it drop. You get the feeling Mm -hmm. that when it panicked and ran beyond your range of control, you felt it drop. You watch as Scott had interceded in the two front river boats, and you watch as Xanath shifted the moonbeam amongst a group of another river boats. Um, mm-hmm. Once again, the chaos is unfolding, and you get the feeling yep. that she moved the moonbeam to get where she thinks um, he might return. Oh, yeah, I'm holding my turn. I'm going to hold it and uh, wait for him to pop back. Oh. Okay. So, Vasarik, you're waiting to see where he is. And then, yeah. so as your held action, describe for me what you're going to do if he does pop back in a spot that you can see him. Uh, if or when he pops back into a location that's within my range, I'm going to psychic glance him. Ralph okay. psychic glance him. Okay. Winter. You're still up in the tree. You've got two more arrow shots you can use. You can see it's chaos down below. What do you want to do? Is there a way that I can, like, light my bow on fire? Or your arrow. Sorry. You hear the bow's voice in your mind? Um, I think you mean the arrow, dear. Not Sorry, me. Sorry about that, I, the arrow. <laughs> so you burns you produce flame in your hand and light one of the arrows that you've knocked. You pull back, looking around. Give me a perception check as you begin to look for targets. Is it possible to aim it at the boat? At the boat? Absolutely. Do you still want me to roll for perception? Yep. See which boat presents a good opportunity for you, because now it's smoke and fire and. I got Just, a 20. Nice. <laughs> so you begin to realize that the choke point is now clogged with the fractured remains of about six different riverboats, including the large riverboat that's pivoted and coming apart in the rapids. You also could see five riverboats across the way that have been engulfed in flame. And then up in the air, you could see puck riding on the back of lunch as crossbow bolts are kind of raining down. Um, There's a good chance if you get a couple of those arrows to land in amongst where all the debris is and set that debris on fire, not only would it be a choke point, but it would 
start a fire within the choke point. Okay. Go ahead and give me two rolls. And let's, well, you have advantage. So you have two attacks. So make your first attack with advantage. Okay. It's a 29. All of you watch nice. the first arrow arcs in the air with a kind of trail of smoke and flame. And it lands in amongst the debris. Go ahead and make your second attack. Is both attacks with advantage or just the yep. one? Yeah, because you're at height. Because you're you're uh, you're elevated. The twenty four. Awesome. Twenty four. Second arrow. And you watch as little puffs of smoke and flame, kind of like erupt from the debris, as you strike perfectly within the debris pile. Buck, from your vantage point now, you just saw winter. <laughs> Send two arrows down into the debris in the choke point. The five boats that you lit on fire and exploded nearby down below. Give me a perception check as you begin to look around for targets for you. You're mute. Huh? <laughs> it's just like, oh, again. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, uh, 17. You can see in the water, in the rapids of the water, approaching the choke point, four barrels with the same markings on the side of them. Their contents haven't spilt out yet, but you can see that there's like a black gooey kind of oil like beginning to flow from it as they're bumping each other and approaching the debris pile in the center of the choke point. It's tempting but I think some amount of natural preservation is like part of her ethics so maybe lighting a river on fire while it's full of animals might be slightly I leave it up to you. I only describe what you see. Um, I'm going to take this opportunity and just go a little bit higher and see if I can notice anything out of place, anyone that might be observing us, any... Give me another perception check with advantage as you begin to look around to see the condition of the battlefield at this point and what's going on. Oh my god, I got 21. So as you feel lunch lurch and take you higher up in the air, you now have a vantage point of the chaos down below. You can see Xanath hiding behind some rocks. You can see Earthen flying amongst the canopy. You can see Winter taking more arrows out and getting them ready to fire. You can see Spot kind of hidden amongst the rapids after just causing some chaos of his own. But amongst the riverboats that are surviving... There's a measure of control being restored. You can see on the reverse bank as about three dozen lizard folk managed to get off the river boats and are now trying to melt into the jungle on the opposite side. You can see that there's about seven other boats amongst the smoke and fire that are doing their best to pull survivors out of the water. And then they're oaring and turning to go towards the opposite embankment where the others are getting off as well. It's at that moment 
as you're focused, you look at where Xanath's moonbeam is, and right behind it, amongst a pile of debris, you watch as Vasarisk reappears at the end of your turn. And as he reappears, go ahead, Earthen, since you had a held action. Ralphing Psychic Lance. Is that a save or a ranged attack? That's a save. It's a ranged uh, attack, but it's a save. What's the Intelligence save? Intelligence save. Okay. Ooh, that's the one thing he's good at. Uh, that is a right. 22. Yeah, he saves. It's a okay. 14. So, on a failed save, it's a damage. So it's half damage and no incapacitated. So, okay. hang on. I gotta, I gotta pull my D6s now. Because this is the uh, fireball-ish spell, right? Ish. Or, uh, not fireball, right? Uh, yeah. The lightning bolt-ish spell. Two. You know, how many do I get? Seven. All right. got to pull a few more. Seven D6? Yeah, seven D6. That's awesome. I love this spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's the it's the invisible lightning bolt. One, two, three, four, five, six, and one more. I'm unloading all my bags of die to load this all in one. <laughs> For extra drama. The dice goblin. Right, <laughs> you know? I can add it all up at one time. Alright, that's eight, twelve, sixteen. Oh, plus twelve is 28 plus 3 is 31. Okay. You watch as your psychic energy just kind of streak down and towards Vasarik, your target. At the last moment, he tries to get out of the way as it glances off of him and the psychic energy kind of fades a bit. Doesn't do as much damage as you expect as he seems to be able to resist it slightly. But between the arrow and his neck... And that that strike of the lance, the psychic lance, he's now looking. He sees the chaos unfolding around him. You watch as he brings his hands together. And there's this huge arcane energy blast that begins to center out from where he is. That's where we're going to finish tonight. And when we come back next Sunday, we will be rolling for initiative when we come back next Sunday. I'm so ready to react. Yeah, I know. Oh, I was losing my voice. I was having so much fun narrating that. You know, last. I mean, that's. I had to ask. You know, how big? All my insight checks were failing. Like every opportunity (laughs) to see through the ambush was just failing miserably, (laughs) failing miserably. And the moment I knew you were going to polymorph that Toronto that that Triceratops, I was like, oh, he's going to pick like something huge and simple. And Brontosaurus. I was, I was looking for what's the biggest thing? What's the biggest thing I can turn oh, this into? That was awesome. Brontosaurus is pretty big. So. I'm exhausted. That was so cool. That was. It's <laughs> rare that those plans ever come together. Something almost always fucks it up. Luckily, Zenith hey, was yeah. the only one that rolled poorly on stealth. So because. <laughs> 
you know, because she didn't open the event, it, it didn't weaken the ambush. So it, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool. All right, everyone. Thank you for coming out and hanging out with us. We will be back. Here. Are we good for next week, everybody? Yeah. Are we oh, good? Hell yeah. good. Okay, so we are good for next you're Sunday. Gonna, we will see you. Threaten us with initiative, and then ask if we're going to show up next week. <laughs> and it will be a tailspire event as well, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, so we will be back here next Sunday. Um, be safe. Be good. Play a game. It's 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 super good for your mental health. You need to do it and have fun like we have fun every Sunday night, where you can come hang out with us as well. Uh, coming up next, Gambit right? in about a half an hour. Um, where we take the battle to the Feywild. So you guys go ahead and linger so we can talk about schedules. Other than that, good night, everybody.